You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Well, yesterday, I had the rudest, most insensitive person, the meanest person at the grocery counter that I've ever had. I shouldn't have used the self-checkout line. I know I shouldn't have. (laughs) Rude, I'll tell you. (laughs) I want to share with you a message. You know, we are in a season where we're, 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 we're discussing the hard teachings of Jesus. And we're preaching messages that we don't preach as much because they're hard. And this is one that you, you might have heard preached, but I, I tell you, it's more important today than in any day in recent years. And I'll tell you why here in a little bit. But it's in Matthew, the 18th chapter. We'll pick it up in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, let me tell you what Peter was expecting. Peter was expecting a pat on the back and say, oh, well, that's really generous of you, Pete. That's good. But that's not what Jesus said. You see, Uh, Peter was going on the idea uh, that you had to forgive somebody three times, but if they sinned the fourth, you didn't have to forgive them. Because this was a popular rabbinic teaching of the day. The rabbis taught that he who begs forgiveness from his neighbor must do so no more than three times. You can't forgive the fourth. A quote continues, if a man commits an offense once, forgive him. If he commits an offense a second time, forgive him. If he commits an offense a third time, forgive him. The fourth time, do not forgive. This was a popular teaching. And they took it from an obscure passage in the book of Amos. But it's not the heart of God. So Jesus answered, I tell you, Not seven times, but 77 times. Now, the Greek there is a little uncertain. We don't know if it's 77 or seven times 70. Either way, it's saying there is not a set number. God forgives. Now, this is how he forgives you. God doesn't say, okay, three times, fourth, you're out of here. He forgives, and he forgives, and he forgives. And if that's how he forgives us, he expects us to do the same. In fact, he says as much. He finishes the Lord's prayer and then he says in Matthew 6, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your father will not forgive your sins. And so we see that forgiveness is very serious business. And then Jesus launches into this beautiful, funny parable. Now, the humor's lost on us, but I'll try to point it out a little bit. But this beautiful parable, he says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven 
is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything, which is a laugh line in Jesus' day. We'll talk about that in a moment. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master hand, handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Whew. Jesus is serious about us forgiving one another. Now there's humor here, as I mentioned. And here it is. In the original language, um, uh, it wasn't 100 bags of gold. It was 10,000 denarii, which doesn't, uh, uh, no, it's 10,000 talents, rather, which doesn't mean anything to us. And then it was, and then it was 100 denarii that uh, one servant owed the other, which is, which is 100 silver coins, or about four months' wages. A hundred bags of gold, 10,000 talents is a huge, a huge figure. It's a huge sum of money. It was more than the gross national product of the, of the whole province area of Palestine. No one person, no one person could possibly amass 10,000 talents. And so for him to fall on his knees and say, give me more time to repay, that's humorous because he would have had to have lived thousands and thousands of lifetimes without taking one day off just to pay it back. There was no way he could have. Now, let me just go a little bit farther. The guy who owed a, a hundred silver coins could have put all those coins in one pocket. He begged for more time, and had he been given more time, he could have paid it back. About four months of, of wages of an average wage earner. The guy who owed 10,000 talents or 10,000 bags of gold, uh, if you were to take that and put it in 60-pound bags, 
you would give 60 pound bags to 8,600 men. If you asked them to stand three feet apart, that line would, would go five miles. That's the disparity here. He is saying to one servant, I forgave all of this, and you won't forgive that? And he says the same to us. How could he not forgive? We read this and we think, how could you not forgive? Well, maybe, just maybe, he had no idea how much he was forgiven. Maybe he just thought he was entitled to it. That there was something special about him. So he didn't need to forgive somebody else. We run into Christians like this sometimes. Who feel like, obviously the Lord's going to forgive me. But them, not so much. Which is a tremendous error. Let me tell you um, what forgiveness is not. And, and I have to do this because some of you, God bless you, are so sensitive and you want to please the Lord so much that you might think you need to forgive somebody when you really don't. I mean, you're really all already off the hook. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. People say forgive and forget. Well, yeah, but you don't. You don't forget. Now, it might become less and less, but if the pain was severe, you remember it. And it's not the absence of pain. You can forgive somebody and still hurt. The pain can still be fresh, and yet you still forgive gave them, but it, it still hurts. And this is so important right here. Forgiveness is not resuming the relationship. Almost a third of you, uh, my female friends, almost a third of you have had some form of advantage taken of you that was terribly wrong. And in some instances, it was downright abusive. And if you forgive that person, it does not mean that you enter back into a relationship with them. You can forgive someone and still keep them at a distance. A story is told of a couple who had twin sons and they were born with this particular ailment and, and it manifested in one of the sons and they took him to a surgeon who operated and they lost him. He died on the operating table. Two years later, the second son manifested the same symptoms, needed a surgeon and he was referred to the same surgeon and they said, no, we want a different one. Did that mean they hadn't forgiven the first surgeon? No, no. Just means they didn't want to try that again. They went a different way. You don't have to jump back into the relationship. You can say, we're not going to do that, but I forgive you. 
And it means you don't have to trust that person again. It might be very wise not to trust them again. It doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. It just means you're, you're not going to trust them again. Here's the goal. This is, this is what we want. In Colossians 3.13 it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. As. <laughs> it's not the multi-syllable words of the Bible that's, that trip me up. It's the little tiny ones, right? We are to forgive as we have been forgiven. Now let me tell you why this is, I think, more important today than ever. We are uh, a year and a half plus into a pandemic that when it started, we said, you know, in a month when this is over, we get back to normal. And then we said, in a year when this is over, we'll get back to normal. And we are slowly getting there now. But the numbers still are there. And what has happened? People have spent more time in isolation. People haven't been with each other as much. And when you're not with some people as much, you, something kind of wears down. And you don't see them as often and you begin to wonder, what did they mean by that? You begin to question a motive. Combine that with the fact that in isolation, many people watched particular news broadcasts or, or, or read the internet in a certain way that catered to a particular uh, political or, or environmental viewpoint. And they became more and more ensconced in that frame of thought. So that when they interacted with somebody with a different school of thought, they became more brittle, more combative. I've seen this firsthand. I've experienced this firsthand. I have the scars of, of people coming and um, just raising things that I, 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 I wouldn't have thought. People are more brittle. They're more combative. They're... Uh, more standoffish. I pray for the day when it's not so. But it has been so. I've counseled people who, with their loved ones, are, are on the outsides. With their children who don't understand this or that and there's a rift. And, and so I think today... We who love Jesus Christ need to hear this teaching and be obedient to it, especially today. Now, maybe you've received a hurt, and upon contemplation, you can say, okay, well, I'll just forgive that. And you can, and you did, and it's over. Great. 
But maybe it's fresh. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's come from someone that you just didn't see coming at you. And you're reeling. And maybe it's deep. I'm going to tell you that sometimes we can forgive quickly. And that there are sometimes when we need to move towards forgiveness because it's a process and it takes time. And if we rush it, we end up whitewashing something and that eventually just festers and gets ugly. I want to talk about moving towards forgiveness. The first thing we need to do is own the pain. Now, I say that because there's a tendency in us to minimize this, to say, well, you know, it didn't hurt that bad. Or, you know, I might have had that coming. No, 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 no. You own it. You own it. You say, you know what? I, I didn't deserve that. And it hurt like the Dickens. And you own it. And you feel it. You acknowledge it. Then, once having owned it, and I think this is one of the most helpful things you can do, is to look at the person who hurt you, who offended you, to look at them through a new lens. You see, when someone hurts us, we, we see that episode, whenever, whenever that went down, whatever it is they said or did in those moments, we see that and we, we lock that person in that moment. And that's all we can see of them. And we make some presumptions that that's the way they are. That's the way they always treat. And when we look through a new lens, we ask some questions. And we say, I wonder, I wonder why they did that. I wonder, I wonder if someone hurt them the same way. I wonder if they had people who forgave them and loved them. And we begin to see that every person is a complex uh, arrangement. And we begin to see where they've been hurt. And it does something for us. It helps us to feel sorry for them. And to realize that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And somewhere along the line, they've been wounded. And out of that pain, they hurt you. We look at them through a new lens. Now to do that, we have to pray, right? Say, Lord, give me insight. Help me see them. Help me see what's gone into this. We look at them 
through a new lens. And then we count the cost. We count the cost of what it's going to cost us to forgive them. But that's not really what I mean here. When I say count the cost, what I really mean is, what's it going to cost you not to forgive them? What does it cost for you to hold on to the bitterness? What does it cost you to remain resentful? What does it cost you to look for an opportunity for revenge? Corey Tenboon said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself, hoping your enemy dies. When we don't forgive, when a bitter root begins to grow in our heart, it's impossible to keep that bitterness aimed at one person only. Because the longer we hold on to it, the bitterness begins to expand to other relationships. And a hardness comes over our heart. And it's not a pretty picture. We don't forgive them to do them a favor. We forgive them to do us a favor. By releasing them, we have set our hearts free. Here's how we do it. We give the offender to God. Here's scripture. Romans, the 12th chapter. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So we say to the Lord, Father, you saw how he hurt me. And it hurt. And without your help, I don't think I'll ever be able to forgive, but I believe you'll help me. And here's what I'm going to do, Father. I'm going to release him or I'm going to release her to you. They're your problem now. I'm going to let you deal with them the way you deal with them. And I'm, I'm not going to, you got the whole picture. You see through the whole lens. You know what's going on. I don't. I'm going to release them to you. And I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to believe that you're going to take care of it. And that whatever you do will be right. And I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. You release them to God. God. I've had a problem. I don't anymore. It's your problem. You can deal with it. And we release the offender. Now, in our brains, every one of us has got a little cage. We open the cage. We take a person out. We slap them around silly. We put them back in. We keep the the wounds fresh so the scabs don't grow over and heal. We take them out. We slap them around. We put them back in. We keep the wounds fresh. We keep... We keep the the, the anger, the resentment fresh. When we give them to God, we open the cage one last time and we say, you're free to go. Go. And we give them grace. If you do this, 
what you will find is that in some of their lives, it's the only grace they've ever received. It's the only time somebody has treated them with forgiveness instead of a counterpunch. And it might be the first time that God gets their imagination and they say, wow. I didn't see that coming. I should have been hurt by them. But instead they forgave me. And it gets them thinking. We release the offender. Now I say moving towards forgiveness because honestly, sometimes this takes work. And sometimes this takes time. And I believe God is interested in you moving in the right direction. And is patient with you as you do. I'll give you one more point, and it's not to be cute. It's just rinse and repeat. Would that this is one and done. Would that we could do this when we were 25 and then never have to worry about this again. (laughs) Or 45, or whatever age. The problem with life is you got another day. (laughs) And somebody can blindside you another day. And so repeatedly throughout your life, you're brought to this place where you make a choice. Am I going to hold on to the anger? Am I going to nurse the bitterness? Am I going to plot for ways to work my revenge? Or am I going to give them to God? Say, God, I don't know why they did that. And I'm not wise enough to know how to respond. But you are. You are. So I give them to you. And I ask you to do what only you can do. And I'll just love. We rinse and repeat. And until we see him face to face, we may do this from time to time. I wonder if you'd bow your heads with me. pray for you, then I'm going to ask you just to keep your heads bowed and I'm going to ask you to pray. My Father in heaven, I thank you for these friends. I pray that you give them wisdom right now. I pray that the enemy would not be able to distract them pray that they would receive counsel from you as to 
what their next step is. I pray that every man and woman, boy and girl in my hearing, both in this auditorium and those watching on the internet, both in real time and those watching a year from now, every one of them will know the joy of forgiveness, of cleansing. This is your turn to pray now. Would you? Have at it. Pray. Head's still bowed. Let me say one other thing to some here. It could be the hurt is so fresh and so deep that everything I've suggested so far is so hard. It could be that the only thing you're able to say today is this God, I want to want to forgive. I want to want to forgive. I think he honors that. Maybe you need to say that. I want to want to forgive. you stand for a benediction, I want to say if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, and you'd like to, then after I say you're dismissed and everybody begins to leave, I, I hope you'll come forward. Or maybe there's another aspect of this morning that you want to pray about and come forward. You're welcome to as well. Would you stand for a benediction, please? Father, we thank you for meeting with us today, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. And I pray now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that as we go our way, that we would love as we have been loved. We would forgive as surely as we have been forgiven. We would give as we have been given to that we would be your people in your place doing your work. It's in the name of Jesus we pray these things, Father. With thanksgiving that you hear our voice and that you love us. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.